G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, we're back after a very, very hectic week in all of our lives as well as the NFL. We thought that week three of the season was going to be a bit poo, but it turned out to be much, much more than that. Manjot's here, Brad's back from his hey. vacay, so let's get into it. We're going to do a quick reaction. Actually, Brad, how are you going? You had a bit of a, a bit of a vacation. I did. I did have vacation. Unfortunately, uh, a little peek behind the curtain. I uh, broke some ribs while I was on vacation. Oh no! I mean, I'm in a I'm in a car in a little bit of pain right now. But as as long as there's a good story to go with it, Brad. And if there's not, make one up. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't make me laugh. Oh, son of a gun! Oh, oh, oh! (laughs) You should have taken painkillers. Oh no, Brad! Oh man, Brad, come on, man! Someone get, someone get this man some endo. Brad, we need you for the tipping comp. We need you for the tipping comp. Oh, we definitely need us, boys. We officially took the lead in the tipping comp this week. Hey, hey, hey! Hey. Look at us, back on top, back on top, boys. I think uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any Aussie NFL fantasy for this week yet. Man, Joe might be able to enlighten us a little bit, but. Maddie's been taking some really weird punts and deliberately taking some weird, weird punts in the last couple of weeks. And I think that might have backfired with only eight wins and missing. He missed Thursday night football. So he did a Brad. He did a Brad. After getting on Brad after that first week, he went and did it himself. I love it. I love it. Oh. Maddie, what happened, man? And if Maddie and Mark Mark keep it up, Taylor's going to defect. So. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. He's, he's on the good side, Dan. I yeah. like it. So we did officially take the lead. Let's keep it, boys. Let's keep onwards and upwards. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's, only, it's only week three, boys. Only week three. It, it is only week three? No, but it's going to be a long, long season. So let's get into this. A random reaction round for the entirety of week three. All 16 games. So we've got a few to touch on. A couple of minutes each-ish. So let's start with Thursday night football since we didn't do a recap for TNF this week and the Giants at the 49ers. Manjot, you want to lead us out? Yes, sir. Look, the Niners on top once again, 30 points to 12. It was just, it felt like a real close game to start off midway through third quarters, 18-12, but then somehow, someway, Brock Purdy just finds a way to win games this kid is just amazing, let me tell you. Um, I think he's real underrated, Brock Purdy. Just want to lead off with that. Just the way he's been playing so far this season. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just a scheme, you know. Shanahan's carrying him and everything. But really, I think Brock Purdy in his own right is a great football player. I think a lot of people are just sleeping on him just because of the scheme. People are just saying that. And I think really... That is where I think, you know, a lot of this Brock Purdy disrespect has got to stop. He can actually play. He was having a tough night, and then yet he still did real well. I'd say. I mean, definitely real well. He had a he had a great night uh, throwing as well. But uh, it was nice to see that the Giants figured out how to play football in this game from the start too. That was um, a, a good thing. Would like to see them be a little better, especially around the O line for their for their fans. But uh, apart from that, man, it was 
big game back for Debo too. Oh yeah, he's ba- filling in for Ayuk. Um, being out, him and Kittle really stepped up in that receiving call. McCaffrey scoring another touchdown as usual, as well. Look, there's not too much to say about the Niners except three and zero. Look, it feels great, man. It just feels great. Just um, how cohesive this team looks. It looks a lot better than previous years, which is really rare to say for a 49ers team. Um. But the way they've just been playing, like they've been playing really as one unit, one team. It's really felt good uh, to watch the Niners throughout 2023. I think this team is primed to have one decent year. I think hopefully another big year for the Niners coming up. Uh, Yeah, it's just really, it's really just, you know, I'm just hoping as a Niners fan, this is finally the year. But, you know, it's only week three. I don't want to be celebrating too much into the wins yet. Uh, I mean, you know, everyone's very nice for the Niners. I'm very happy when we win. But, uh, you know, we all want that big one. We all want that big one. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Sunday football. And we will begin with the Cleveland Browns absolutely trouncing the Tennessee Titans. Two very weird teams right now. The Browns had a really down week last week, and the Titans had uh, a very, very good win. Yet this week, the Browns get the up 27-3. to Deshaun Watson actually had a pretty decent game with the ball. It was a very different Browns, I feel, after losing Nick Chubb. So a Nick Chubbless Browns outfit obviously needed to come together and figure out who they were going to be without that. It looks like they went all pass heavy. And or decided to go all pass heavy, and Amari Cooper had one hell of a game, uh, one we haven't seen for him in a few years. And the the Cleveland defense, as all as we always said, was going to be amazing this season. Really locked down the Titans and really crunched them. Tannehill only ended up with thirteen to twenty five and one hundred and four yards, and they stopped the hell out of King Henry who had 11 carries for only 20 yards, 1.8-yard average. It's unbelievable. Miles Garrett was a big guy here for the Browns, just absolutely incredible three-and-a-half sacks. Mm. He was absolutely dominant over that defensive line. A lot of QB hits, too, to go with that, so it's not just the sacks. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he was really their leader. A lot of pressures, a lot of sacks, QB hits. Tannehill could not sit back and throw all day. It was real hard for him. And like you said, the numbers just across the board for the times were absolute trash because just Miles Garrett was just real good. That's just really how it is. Like he won my defensive page performer of the week just because of this performance. It was incredible. Yeah, I think as good as what the Browns were on offense, that's how bad the Titans were. Or excuse me, the other way around. As good as the Browns were on defense, that's how bad the Titans were on offense. And yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the the oh the tackle the offensive tackle for Tennessee that Andre Dillard he was just getting I actually felt bad for him because you could oh, tell yeah. he was just getting punked all game and Garrett was just doing anything he wanted with him so it was it was a bad day I'm sure they couldn't wait to get on the bus and and get out of that game because it was pretty pretty sad. Again, hats off to Jim Schwartz, DC for the Browns. Yeah. He that that defense is looking legit. And in the past, they have not looked that great, but he has got them looking like a top 
one, two, three defense. So uh, if they can yeah. keep that up, they they could actually make some noise. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I've got to admit, Deshaun Watson had a real good game too. Made that Titans secondary literally look like the Guinness World Record for our secondary Taylor talks about all the time. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Detroit Motor City, uh, where sure. the Falcons came to town, but the Lions were not going to be stopped taking out that one 20 to 6. Lions looking like an absolute force in the NFC North right now, considering how trash some of the other teams, uh, Vikings and Bears, uh, are looking. So, wow, how about Jared Goff? Not only did he throw for TD here, he ran one in as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it, and it was only a three-yard run, but we're not really used to seeing Jared Goff actually run in a TD. So that was a, a pretty amazing thing. Lions defense, uh, another another stellar, stellar job. A lot of sacks. Aiden Hutchinson getting not just his first for the season, but his second as well in really stopping the Atlanta Offense and Desmond Ritter uh, and our boy Bijan Robinson as well. I'm very, very curious to see how much longer Atlanta are going to put up with the, the stuff that Ritter was doing. Uh, seven sacks is a huge number, and I, uh, I don't the, even the passes he did made did not look very good. They were mostly short yardage. And it took his receivers to actually make yards after catch to make any of it look any good, but that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think I, I think what you saw there was the the worst side of Atlanta. They could not get anything going uh, whatsoever with their run game, and so then they had to rely on Ritter, and he just he could not deliver. I mean, his his numbers were all right. He was twenty one of thirty seven. Uh, for 200 yards, the 200 yards is pretty is pretty indicative that all he was doing is just checking down. And mm, the, yeah. the Lions five had yards good, an attempt. Yeah, exactly. So the the Lions had a good defensive plan. They were just going to keep everything in front of them. They're going to make Desmond Ritter beat them, and Desmond couldn't do it. And so it'll it'll be real interesting if other teams develop this game plan around how to stop Atlanta, and then what does Atlanta do to counter it. Because if Desmond Ritter doesn't step up his game or if they don't get really creative with their uh, plays, then it could end up being a long season for Atlanta. If they, if yeah. they, if he plays again like this against Jacksonville in London this coming week, um, look, Atlanta, I think it's time. It's going to be Heineke time, really. Heineke you need time. To, you, need to, you need to get Heineke in there and see if he does any better with his offense to really figure out if it's the, if it's the QB or if it's the offensive scheme. Yeah, potentially um, Jags, I think, in London. You know, they could try stack the box like they did. I think maybe a few screen passes here and there might be more helpful for the Falcons coming up. Just really get the ball out of Ritter's hands, you know, quick slants as well, you know, throwing a couple in routes. Just really get the ball out of his hands within one to two seconds. That's really what's going to make them better in the pass game. I, I don't think we saw enough of that over the weekend. It's just Ritter holding onto the ball too long. It was just, you know, Hutchinson getting to him a couple of times. And then it, it was just an absolute mess. Once the run game just goes down, I think Ritter kind of just folded under pressure. So I think the Jags have a bit of a game plan going this week. They also have some real good pass rushes. So that, that'll be potentially interesting to watch when we talk about the preview show. 
on a on a on a positive note for the Rams, I feel like we can't move on unless we just mention Sam Laporta, the the tight oh, end. Oh yeah, mate. That, we we mentioned him last week too, and wow, what a yeah, guy! He's a beast. So I was reading that he's the first tight end since the NFL AFL merger to get five or more receptions uh, in each of his first three games. Oh, so thank goodness. It's just that's pretty that's pretty impressive when you when you think about it. So obviously oh, yeah. off have developed a rapport. So it'll be exciting to see just where that goes as the season continues. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think he is he's one of those uh exceptional players that has happened to land on exactly the right team. So mm-hmm. it's um it's gonna be great to see how he evolves over the next five or so years. Uh yeah. Yeah, uh, I say just love it for fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, more to more more quality tight ends for fantasy is a, a much much bigger thing because we're sick of the loose ends. Yeah, we are. All right, let's move on to Green Bay, uh, where the Packers welcoming in the Saints went down seventeen to nothing. Derek Carr goes down with a shoulder injury. And despite Jameis Winston coming in, throwing 10 for 16, 101 yards, Jordan Love led the Packers to an 18-0 to fourth quarter to bring this game home. Uh, his first game at home in front of the Green Bay faithful, a very good way to start that off to actually get yeah. a win. But I'm sure there was a lot of the Green Bay faithful that were very, very worried about halftime when they were 17-0 down. Yeah, it was incredible just watching uh that fourth quarter because I I watched pretty much the whole game on Red Zone, so I saw most of it. They were showing quite a bit of it on Red Zone, and look, the Saints when they went up seventeen nothing, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be tough to come back from. But then the Derek Carr injury happened. He goes down. I'm like, oh boy, this might be a massive turning point in the game, and. Later, you know, they get 18 straight fourth quarter points. It was just incredible. The comeback they had after the car injury, it, it really showed how valuable car is to that offense in, in New Orleans as well. Because it really just all happened after he got injured. Mm. No offense to Jameis. He did have to come in, you know, at the end of the game where he had to mop up, essentially try and finish off the game. He wasn't really, you know, rusted into training and that. He was a bit rusty when he was throwing. So, I think, you know, Packers took full advantage of that. Jordan Love, he really looks like a, a real deal QB right now. He really looks like the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. Just watching him play, some of the throws he makes looks exactly the same like Rodgers. I'm impressed by this kid. Um, I saw him preseason. That's why I was really hyped about moving him up, him and the Packers up in my preseason rankings towards the end of preseason just because I thought they would really benefit from Jordan Love and Looks like I was right so far, barring a one-point loss. It was a one-point win this week. So a couple of one-point games recently, but the Packers look pretty strong heading to Thursday. I think, you know, what What I take away from this game is is, is a couple things. One, how I think it's really important to give your quarterback time to develop and to, to grow. As a, as a player. And mm. nowadays, I understand the college system is a lot different than it used to be. But here's an example of a guy sitting and learning the game 
and then coming in and he, he comes in ready to play. You don't have these growing pains. I mean, yeah, yeah, you have some growing pains, but he is by far in terms of the new quarterbacks, he is the best. And even though he's not a rookie, he it's his first time getting the ball uh, continually. He is ready to play. And I think there's real merit in that, that teams should look at, you know, I think uh, Garrett Wilson, he's not a stud. Okay. He's not, he's, by any stretch of the means but i just wonder how different would it be if he would have been able to sit for a couple years and develop and get some confidence then come out versus getting thrown to the wolves and just getting beat up left right and center so that's that's the one thing i would take out of this and then the other thing i would say is Derek carr it it i think the raiders are showing that it's the problem is not Derek Carr. The problem is the Raiders uh, on their end. And I think Derek Carr is actually a decent quarterback. You saw when he goes down, New Orleans can't just can't move the ball. So it'll be real interesting just to see if Carr has to sit out this week. What does New Orleans do? So, mm. uh, yeah. It, anyway, it's it's it, it was a good game. Absolutely. And speaking of moving the ball. And good quarterbacks. Let's go to Ooh. Hard Rock Stadium in yes, Miami for the second, third, third, second overall all-time score, Badger. Yeah, third, third best score in NFL third, history. Third best score in NFL history, where the Dolphins put ten, and no, that's not wrong, ten touchdowns on the Broncos to win seventy to twenty in Miami. Uh, and put an absolute masterclass. I just, it was, I don't even know. I, it's, I'm still stunned trying to talk about it, but it's an absolute Mike McDaniel masterclass on how to offensively scheme a team and comp- just couple what he is known for in terms of uh, an ultimate run scheme like he had at 49ers and you couple that with uh, an amazing quarterback in Tua and some of the best wide receivers in Tyreek Hill and uh, and Jalen Waddle, who wasn't there this week, but obviously there's some other guys there, Braxton Berrios and even Robbie Chosen uh, here as well. But just couple that passing game with Mike McDaniel, uh, a Mike McDaniel schemes run game, and you have what is possibly one of the most explosive offenses we have seen for a long time in the NFL. And they absolutely just whooped a Denver Broncos who whose defense just was not ready for this. Oh boy. Is any is any defense ready for that? Man, mm. the, the speed on that offense is just oh. incredible. The top six ball carriers of this season, all dolphins. Yes. You know, um eight ten top... four touchdowns. Yep. Raheem most of four touchdowns, two of three, four touchdowns. You know, it's it's a complete performance everywhere. You just really can't fault them. I think it's, it's it was unreal. It was kind of it was weird because after a little while, you you did kind of feel like you were watching history in the making. Um, just it, I've never seen an NFL team be so dominated, so embarrassed. Um, and I think that's the only word for it is embarrassment. Um, but. I just I'm I'm happy for Miami because they've suffered in in mediocre times so much, and it was c- good to see the run game get so involved because 
you know, they brought him in as kind of, he was the run game guru in San Francisco. Um, and then, so be able to, and that's where they were getting a lot of criticism. I know I criticized them going into the season, you know, are they going to be able to get that run game going? And boy, have, have they, they more than got it going. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward, but hats off to the dolphins. Yeah. Big hats off to the dolphins. I mean, it's just, I can't believe they could find a guy and, and only Mike McDaniel could find a guy like Devon HN as well mm-hmm. and just yeah. hide him away. We saw none of him basically for the first couple of weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden here he is breaking out in the game with four TDs and I think it's not two, it's about 230 all purpose yards. Yeah. Uh, 203 rushing. 203 rushing. And it was just uh and some of his runs on next gen stats, when you look at the maps, are uh, amazing. Uh, and it, I guess any other game where you would see Raheem Mostert with 13 carries for 82 yards, you would think that's a great game as it is. But then you've got a guy getting 203 over him. Look, we have to talk a little bit about the Broncos, I think, and we'll take a touch more time. Cortland Sutton ha- had, I don't know, the weirdest game I've, I've ever seen. Stat sheet wise, eight for 91 and a TD. Looks great. But he had some two of the worst fumbles I've ever seen. And I think that really uh-huh. it really crippled the Broncos offense, who on any other day, especially last season, they played the way that they did now. Because I think Russ had one of the better games we've seen in a couple of years. Uh, he definitely played one of the better games he's had in a couple of years. Uh, they play this way on any other game last season. They probably win a game. But it's all about their defense here. A defense mm. that was holding teams to 11 and 10 and nine points last season have suddenly given up 70. And you just, it, I can't fathom what has happened. And two things sort of annoyed me this, this week in this game was number one, that like, what the hell are they doing? They looked like they didn't care out there at all. So that's on the, the coaches. But then yeah. number two, after the game, listening to Sean Payton basically rip into a reporter who was asking the question of what happened, and he ripped into him. Number one, Sean, not that you're ever going to hear this, but Jesus Christ, that guy's doing a job, and the job that Uh he's doing is reporting on an NFL game and likely reporting to the Denver people, the members, uh, the people that pay for thousands and thousands of dollars for membership for Broncos games, and he's reporting to them, on what the hell happened. And for a coach who only a few weeks ago rips on the previous head coach in Nathaniel Hackett and said he was probably one of the worst coaches performances ever, well, mate, what happened here? Because you have not prepared this team properly to come out and face the Miami Dolphins. We all knew how good they were. We all Mm. knew how good Tour is. We knew how good Tyreek Hill had been doing. You didn't have to worry about Jalen Waddle, but they definitely had Raheem Mostert. Uh, we didn't we didn't know Achan was there. He may have known while watching some tape uh, and and doing some stuff. But Sean, you and y- your defensive coordinator have not prepared that defense properly to come out in a game. And mm. I think rather than getting on reporters, you need to give some decent ex- explanations to Broncos faithful because I'm feeling for them right now because. Somehow we've got a better offense, but we get a worse defense. And I don't know how that works. Yeah. How's Vance Joseph still have a job as a Thursday Australian time? Like, 
This guy, 70. it's been three days. It's Someone three scored days. 70 on you. And I mean, yeah. last season, the last season they lost to the Rams with uh, by taking in 51 points. Fair enough. But that was late in the season. By then, we all knew it was over. So yeah. you're just going through the motions. This is week three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It shows Denver is still, it's still a year or two away, really, for them from actually competing. Like, that's unfortunate because they have Ross and they they really want to be a win now team, but they don't have the pieces there, especially on defense. Their top defensive player from last year was actually on the other sideline this game, Bradley Chubb. Like he was definitely their yeah. top guy. You know, Pat Sertan, of course, can be considered that, but even he was having struggles this game. I mean, he had to guard Tyreek Hill and he couldn't even be, you know, lock down Tyreek Hill half the time. So it's real tough for him. Like the whole team just play like absolute trash. Like yeah. that's just the real easiest way to put it without swearing. I mean, yeah, they put they play like absolute trash. Like that was really one of the worst performances I've ever seen out of a team uh, uh, ever. Like I just haven't seen a team perform that badly. I haven't seen an offense perform as good as the Dolphins. I remember at halftime. I was talking to the boys, Marky Mark, Tay, and, you know, I saw 35 was on the board. I'm like, they got to go for the record. And, boy, <laughs> they almost got the record. They should kick that field goal, man. Mike McDaniel just got too much class. I- I'm just sad. Though I really want to see some records being tied slash broken. I really want to see that. Yeah. It was going to be something to cherish. Well, I mean, I'll tell you 70 what. still it's, the record. It is. And it's week, uh, it's week three, and that defense is at 112 points scored on them. And they need to fig- they need to figure it out quick because it's only a few short weeks and they've got to face the Chiefs, they've got to face the Bills, and they've got to face the Chargers. There's three offenses that aren't going to let up on you in any way, just like the Dolphins did. So you yeah. need to figure it the hell out. All right, let's move on from that massive rant. I've gotten that out for a night time. Um, Chargers at Minnesota. Oh, Look, you got another <laughs> rant up here, Ian. I don't need. Rant. I don't need to rant, man. It was, it was a good game. Uh, there was some really glaring uh, things, like massive things that went wrong for both teams, and it could have gone either way. I don't understand the play calls at the end. There has been some explanation from Kurt saying that the he couldn't actually hear the calls from uh, O'Connell in that in that last period there. But they did get the ball at a ridiculous time. Kirk should know pretty quickly that he needs to run a play. If you can't hear KSC, then you need to figure the play out yourself. And he did pick that play, apparently. And it's one that O'Connell would have picked, apparently. Uh, that is has been the talk. And it was a good play. And most of that is on Hawkinson for getting two hands to a ball and not securing a ball properly. It, he's a tight end. He should know that yeah. short yardage plays, especially red zone, are what you're going to need to do, and he's and he's done it before a lot of times, so yeah, he should be able oh. to do it. But look, I mean, both both of these look at these QBs, man. Herbert threw for forty seven through forty seven times. Cousins threw fifty times. What a game! What a passing game! This is it's yeah. a ridiculous amount of pass. It's ninety seven passing attempts. Mm. That's mm. crazy. But look, man, I mean, you say right play call though, but they wasted thirty seconds getting to the line. Yeah, like, they did. They did. And I, I don't. What, I, what why the hell? do they have to take that long? That's what I'm saying. Like, why do they have to like waste thirty seconds when it's under a minute left 
You've really got to get the ball out there. Um, you know, spike your first down. You have three plays to get into the end zone. They really could have done something. Instead, they waste 30 seconds and just throw a pick over the middle. They really could have just done a lot, a lot of a safe to throw. I know I know Hawkinson dropped it and everything, but still, like the top the clock management was just absolutely yeah. woeful. And, and this is after that. this is after the Chargers made a glaring mistake to give them the ball with enough time to get that yeah. far down the field as well. I d- but, I don't understand why Staley called a four fourth down run on that play when you're own, in your own territory. Yeah. Why would you do that? I know yeah you can seal the game but it's just stupid. Just punt the ball away and trust your defense. What I, I don't yeah. get either of I don't get what this entire coaching situation. The last well, that's right. Did. You punt. It you just, punt the ball away there. The Vikings have to start maybe on the five or the ten. Yeah, because you're at that point. Any punter should be able to put it uh, just inside the field of play at, at the five or the ten. Even get you guys to run down there and touch it at that point, so they make sure it is in the field of play still. You know, yeah. so the Vikings would have had to come the entire length of the field to score. Probably still could have done it if they'd done things appropriately. But the other thing I did notice too when I was watching back on tape for a second time was uh, the fact that Kevin O'Connell didn't know what play to run in those last two. He was fluffing about. So yeah. there's a lot of mistakes there and there was a lot of annoying things for a Vikings fan. I got one of those funks immediately after again where I'm like, I don't want to watch football. I don't want to watch football. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, hmm. I, I just, that, that call, that play call with the, on the fourth down by the Chargers, that I think is arguably one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. They win the game. They punt and they win the game. That's all I I just, I I could not for the life of me. I was trying to wrap my head around it, trying to think, okay, what's the angle here? What is it? But everything, I mean, analytics says don't do it. Common sense says don't do it. And what did he do? He He did did it. it. It just was a big pile of poo. Oh, my goodness. It just feels like both franchises, you know, I, I'm sorry, Ian, but both franchises no, are I don't, I'm choking. Not. Yeah, both franchises are known for choking. It was like they're trying to out-choke each other at the end yeah. there. That's really what it was. Like, it's two franchises with a very cursed history of choking trying to out-choke each other. That's really the only explanation I can make we out we were 11. We were 11 and 0 in... in one score games last season and we're now zero and three so it's kind of like it swings and roundabouts it's a bit of karma coming back to bite us it's just yeah regression just what is. mean no i don't i don't like that term it's just dumb because it's there is no mean anymore um <laughs> it really isn't it's football man i mean other things yeah. happened this week where we can't you can't say regression to the mean uh and we will get to the cowboys game later all right oh, let's okay. um <laughs> let's move on uh, New England went to New York. New England went to New York. I don't know what happened to my voice then. That went a bit crazy. Uh, right. And they, they went into New York. New England did. And spanked New York once again. Uh, the Jets on another slide there. I don't know why. It's, again, a very weird game. They didn't play badly, the Jets. They really didn't play badly. Oh. They just have this weird hoodoo with the Patriots where they let the Patriots stay in games and they let them win games. They let the, they get get something over them. It doesn't matter hmm. who the coach is, who the QB is. I reckon, yeah. I reckon Aaron Rodgers would have lost to the Patriots the way this was going. 
Yeah. So, well, Ian, you could say the defense played real well, but the offense was real bad for the Jets. It was actually. I don't think. Numbers, I generally think the numbers, we are, we're are in week three. Bad, I know, but I, we're in week three. I still, I think they still don't know what how to how to scheme a game with Zach Wilson. I think that's all it is. And you can't. I, I just don't think he's good. Like to be honest, like he's I, not I'm straight off. Like, he's, he's not that. No, good. man, you can't know because you can't sit here and tell me that Brock Purdy is a, is a fucking god and Zach Wilson is terrible. It's just. Uh, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. No, no. Time out. Time out. All right, all right. Time out. Time out. What What did you just say, bro? That was actually blasphemous. I, honestly, that that has to be one of the worst takes I've heard. No, because he's actually a good quarterback. Zach Wilson cannot throw a football. I actually can't believe you said this. I'm actually like in such shock. I never expected (laughs) to hear this today from any of you. Like, I I was not expecting this. All right. Brock Purdy can actually throw a football. This is Mr. Relevant. Zach Wilson Wilson can throw a football. We've seen it. Zach Wilson can throw a football. We've seen it. Zach Wilson can throw, but he can't throw well. He's. He was real bad in this game. He was absolutely... But that's what I'm saying. Like, the I don't, the Jets lost. I don't like, think... That is... They're not mid It's not... He's not the reason the Jets lost. There's a, the rest of the Jets players are the reason the Jets lost. I mean, look at and, and the Jets coaching. The, the Jets coaching who still... I don't think in their brains they have made a full decision on Zach Wilson, whether he's there or not right now. And I think for that reason, they haven't figured out how to scheme a game with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And I think it's the they're same. This, with him still. They, they haven't gone outside anyone. Like, I know, they but they're saying out. they are. But I'm saying what I'm saying to you is, I think in their brains they still are in some kind of weird limbo because they're. I don't know. I think they're still in this starry-eyed Aaron Rodgers thing where they thought everything that they schemed up was about Aaron Rodgers. All the people they signed was about Aaron Rodgers. You don't have Aaron Rodgers now. Figure it out. If you don't want to sign another QB, then show that you're a coach and figure it out because he's not. He's not he's not like full like third string material. The guy can actually play. We yeah, proved that. I, I I think you saw that game was kind of in, in, uh, encapsulated Wilson in in the sense that for three quarters or three and a half quarters he stunk, but then yeah. on that last drive of the game he looked like the Zach Wilson that everybody wants. He was he was swinging yes. the ball all over the field. Sure. And he was and they drove. So I yeah. think you know that that kept him alive in the sense of uh, he's going to play again this week. Um, but I think he also, in his defense, that O line is horrible. That's what it that is. was going to be my next point was because you he okay. also can't play when he's been sacked three times and there's seven QB hits. Like yeah. that's that's on his O line. You can't expect yeah. any QB to play under that. And to be honest, it's the same O line Rogers would have been behind. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have well, it's 30... the same O line that injured him. Yeah, that's the that's, same. That's O-line right, that man. Rogers. And that's what yeah. I'm getting on. You can't but, say he's trash but, when we don't. When you but put... Wilson, Wilson's had like this is his third year now. He hasn't shown anything like of any promise. Last year, he had the team by himself. All right, he had the team. He was the leader of the team. They expected him to take them to the playoffs. And what did he do? He was the main reason they did not make the playoffs last year. He is still not the same. He has shown no improvement this year. That is what I'm trying to say. He's still not a good quarterback. I mean, you blame who the else, team. Who else was, yes, who else was but, there over the whole time Zach Wilson's been there? Who else has been there? I mean, Mike White's been there. Mike White. No, I'm not talking players. 
I'm not talking about players. Who else has been there? These coaches. Yeah. They're the one. You can't. Yeah, the coaches. You can't, you can't have a kid that is amazing in 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 college, like as in skill wise, come out of college and then say that they're absolute trash for the NFL without start pointing your finger at the coaches and going, "That's you. You are the problem." Well, well some kids are different, though. Like you look at Mike White. Mike White was actually good with that Jets team last year. He's I, he's actually a good QB, and they let him go. For no for no reason to their division rival, and he goes out and throws a touchdown this week in mop up. Ah, uh, very very different he was though. Actually, very no, different. He was, he, very different. Mike White was actually good. Mike White was actually good in the Jets too. Like he had the same weapons, same coaching, and everything, and he was still pretty decent. He, he did. actually looked a lot better than Zach Wilson. That's what I'm trying to say. Zach Wilson isn't made for this. He is the reason that he's the thing that's holding the Jets back. They should be a lot better. I mean, he had I think, a decent week. I think one, you go back but to they Brad's... actually won in look, they won in spite of him in week one, too. Like they beat the Bills because they turned the ball over four times. That's the real reason. So I'm I'm just trying to say the Jets defense is real good. Um, you know, they're going up against a really dirty player and Mac Jones. That's the rant I wanted to go on today. Was Mac Jones is a dirty player, I want to say. You know, punching Sauce Gardner in the balls. You know, that's actually he didn't punch. a dirty move. He didn't punch. He tapped him. Say, so let's. Yeah, he still, punch. still, it's a dirty move. He's had history. He kicked Brisket in the balls. He he was trying to twist Brian Burns' legs. This guy's got to be called out. We got to call out Mac Jones as well. So you know, I'm calling out both QBs today. You know, one's a dirty player. One, the other one's trash. All right, so you know me versus the QBs in this game. <laughs> oh, don't no, don't my you dick! You're making me laugh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I can't, I can't wait till the 49ers O line goes down and Brock Purdy plays that shit. I mean, we we haven't had a good right side of the O line. Oh, you say that. Like the O line, like look, Mick. <laughs> no, we're moving on. Not that good. Mick we're moving on. We got to We're moving on. We're moving on. Let's move on to Bills Commanders. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Jesus, we won't have much to say about this. The Bills absolutely walloped the Commanders 37-3 to this week. Uh, they put on an absolute masterclass in the fourth quarter where they scored 21 of those 37 points. Uh, and it just seems like, to me, that they are... It's slow start, I guess, the first couple of weeks from the Bills in terms of how they played. Yes, they got a win last week as well, but a bit of a slow start, and I feel like they may have knocked that rust off, figured out how to play together, together again, and week three comes around. You get real fortunate with the Commanders team and Sam Howe and just absolutely go for broke, basically. Yeah, I mean four interceptions. That that defense, yeah. those defense is real good. <laughs> I mean, my boy Matt Milano on my best team. You know, hey, can he's, I just throw it? I'll throw it more. It's not, and this is a we got to we we probably need to get on a commanders rant against the commanders like I did against Denver as well. It's not just those interceptions, man. Got nine sacks. The Bills defense got this week. They got nine sacks, yeah. ten tackles yeah. for loss, fifteen QB hits outside those nine sacks. What? Yeah, commanders are just bad, man. Oh, I'm man. just gonna say it. Look, they they wanted. How, how is Sam Howell not dead? Yeah, yeah. Look, they beat the Cardinals and the Broncos, but that's just like they're just two trash teams. They really can only compete against like the bad teams, the Commanders, unfortunately. Mm. Um, 
Look, the against quality opposition, the Bills, the Bills are just dominant. They just they walloped them. You know, twenty one points in the fourth quarter, put it away. It was just incredible. I I really think you know, just watching the Bills the, the last two weeks, they've been real impressive. I mean, yeah. we had a lot of criticism in, on the Monday Night Football game. They had the loss to the Jets, but yeah, but that was warranted that, because they been... they made some glaring mistakes though in that game. Yeah. As, now, as you now they've out, done but... better. I know, I know, Alan had a pick this week, trying to be a hero again. But uh, apart <laughs> from that, I thought I thought he played pretty well, pretty consistent. I think you know they got their offense going. James Cook had pretty much a hundred yards. I think you know Bills and Dolphins this week is going to be an interesting matchup. Probably the game of the week coming up. I just um commanders I think need to figure it out as well. Yeah. They got some they got Philly. They've got uh a real bully boy Atlanta team coming up as well. Giants will probably get back on them Ouch. again. They gotta play they gotta play the Cowboys and Miami back to back later in the year. Wow, they are gonna be some horrible, horrible score lines if uh they keep playing this way. All right, let's move on to one of the more surprising games of the week. Manjot and I, Brad, last week were saying that this this week was going to be a bit poo for some of the matchups that were there. Um, they just looked like real last lackluster matchups. I think all of us picked it in the tipping comp. Did all of us pick Jacksonville here? Yes, we yes. did. Yep. Yes. So all of us did. And then in walked the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud goes 20 for 30, 280 yards, two TDs. And they absolutely walked the the Jags thirty seven to seventeen. Wow! It was... Yeah, it's it's pretty unreal when you think about it. That I mean, CJ Stroud is by far the best rookie quarterback so far. Um, I think hands down. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. You know, like you said, he hasn't thrown an interception. Um, he. Uh, what? How much? How many yards? Two hundred and eighty yards. Two eighty. Two eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and he's only the third quarterback to throw uh for nine hundred yards total first for their first three games. Yeah, unreal, isn't it? That is that is absolutely unreal. So hats off to to Houston. Everybody was saying that uh Ryan's would get him ready to play and they'd play tough. But I don't think anybody expected him to be this good. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty impressive. And, again, hats off to them, but boo to the Jaguars, you know. It's, oh. were, were they a bit of a one-year wonder last year? What is going on over there? Because oh, yeah. it's, it's not looking good. No. I mean, look, with the Jags, I mean, had an impressive first week. Then they had the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, you know, they grinded a victory against them. It was a real grind, that game. But, yeah, this one was just inexcusable. They trailed pretty much the whole game. Like, yeah. after the first quarter, they just were trailing. They, they were playing catch-up the whole game. And, really, there's no chance, especially after the fullback, Anthony Reid, returned a kickoff return. It was oh, incredible. Yeah. He went all the, the way. Return. He fumbled it. He fumbled it, recovered it, and then returned it all the way, and that pretty much sealed the game. <laughs> that was the, that was one of my highlights of the week, to be honest. I think, man, the Jags, they actually, yeah, there's a few trouble signs. I think we'll see a bit more of them in London this week against Atlanta. We'll see how glaring it is. 
I think last year they had a slow start as well. They were really like one and six and then came home strong. So really, I think maybe a bit of patience needed for the Jaguars. I think there's still a few holes in their defense that they really need to fix, like glaringly. You know, conceding 37 points is real bad. Uh, yeah. But CJ Stroud, hats off to him. I think he's going to have an all-time great rookie season. I think really we're seeing the signs of it. This guy's going to be special for years to come. The Texans got their guy. I think they really do. I really hope he's better um, than Deshaun would have been for them. I think he he can be. He's a real good, real good dude. He's a real good player. I think he's going to be special. Yep. I think I think what con- what concerns me is that it was at home for the yeah. Jaguars. Houston was missing eight starters and, you know, and obviously they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah. There is no way that they should, and that they should come in there and beat a playoff team by 20 points at home. That's just unreal. Hats yeah. off to, I guess, man, as for one final thing uh, to tank Dell. These, these yeah. guys have got two, probably two of the, the best offensive rookie of the year candidates here on the Texans. Tank Dell, five from seven, 145 yards, a TD. He is now 15 receptions, 251 yards, two TDs, at an average of 16.7 yards per attempt so far this season. Wow. Wide receiver 12 in fantasy as well. Unbelievable. So hats off to them. Right, let's move on to the next one. We're going to keep moving. Uh, Indy. At Baltimore, mm. another surprising game, one that went to oh. OT, and the Colts come away with it in OT thanks to the boot of Matt Gay, uh, <laughs> twenty-two to nineteen over the Ravens. This is a, a very confusing one. Colts have been terrible, yet they are now two and one. Uh, I just don't understand it. But my boy Gardner Minshew. 227 yards and a TD. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happy Minshew maniac, but man, what happened? Look, um, yeah, the Ravens just didn't come out to play, really. Gardner was just too good um, across the board. But really, at the end, OT, uh, that was fourth down. They go for it. And then Zay Flowers clearly held across the middle of the field, no flags. That really would have pushed him to field goal range. And then I reckon Tucker, he doesn't miss twice. It was surprising seeing him miss, even though it's from 61 yards to win the game. He usually makes those. But I think it was a combination. It's like the it's like uh I think it's like a post-hurricane storm or something they had going on in Baltimore. Maybe that put Tucker off his game or something. He didn't get the wind all correct. But even then it was really surprising to see Justin Tucker miss a game winner. And then, boy, that was a rough call against the Ravens because it allowed the Colts, like, short field position. They got an easy field goal. Man, it really felt – I felt bad for the Ravens. Really felt like they were they were robbed, to be honest. I mean, look, full credit to the Colts, but that was a terrible call. That really should have been called. That was definitely a holding or pass interference call there. Zay Flowers was entitled to that catch. If he wasn't held, he was going to get that catch and get that first down. What is what's impressed me is Zach Moss for the Colts. Yeah. He has come in here. Obviously, they they need to get Taylor back because Zach Moss' body can't hold up to that kind of. I mean, thirty carries. Um, he he can't oh he can't keep that up. But I am just impressed with 
the fact the Colts are finding ways to win. So, you know, here you go thinking, are they going to, um, you know, be one of the worst teams in the league to, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, Denver is by far worse than they are. AFC South leaders, the Colts right now. Yeah. 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 There hey, you look, go. To finish that, big props. Matt Gay was the guy who really pushed him over the line here and really held him together for the mm-hmm. whole, the whole game. He hit his last four is 54. 53, 53, and 53 Jeez. to win yeah. this game. So that's, uh, that's crazy. And I remember in our season preview, I, I, I'll eat crow. I, I made the comment that <laughs> if you're touting the, uh, the, a kicker as one of your key signings, I said, you stink. But hey, uh, he proved why they were touting him as a key signing. This that's time. that's why you signed a kicker. Really, yeah. yeah. This Absolutely. for this reason. So for those these games, that's why you do it. So yeah. But, uh Carolina at Seattle. Seattle oh. comes comes away here. The Seahawks come away with the win. 37 to 27 over the Panthers. But the Panthers went out of this the whole time. Andy Dalton led Panthers here as well. He's back behind center. 34 of 58. They brought Andy Dalton out and made him throw 58 times. 361 yards, two TDs. He did get sacked three times, though. But they still could not get over the might of Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, who basically just ran away with this game. What what concerns me about the Seahawks is, well, couple things one they geno smith hasn't put together a full game yet so uh that that first half he stunk um the second half he looked good so that's one concern but my biggest concern with the seahawks is their injuries they Mm -hmm. they came into the game um with missing seven starters and then they lost two more in that game so they you can't be competitive in the nfl with that kind of attrition rate um, so it'll Not be yet. it'll be real interesting just to see how they manage the injuries and who can come back and and all that. I know they're saying Jamal Adams is going to be back um, on the Monday night game against the Giants. I hope he is, um, but it, it's so I, I worry about Seattle just from a longevity standpoint. And you know, yeah, anytime you're throwing fifty eight passes on the Panthers side with, with, you know, I don't care if you are the red rifle, you're not going to win very many games. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long season for Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I have to very much agree, mate. I think they got to feed Miles Sanders a bit more. I think nine carries is not enough for him. We got to get the ball in his hands. Donnie had uh 14, 14 rushing plays across the board. Two of them were scrambles by Dalton. So yes. really just 12 designed runs across the entire game and 58 passes. So of those 58, only four of them were over 20 yards. Hmm. Miles Sanders is, is a quality back. So I don't know why you would sign Miles Sanders and then just basically not use him at all in a game. Where yeah. your yeah. where your QB two is starting, so mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. All right, yeah. hey, let's move on to where the Chicago Bears came to Swift Town, 
Kansas City <laughs> and took on the Kansas City Chiefs, who rightfully so ran away 41 to 10, uh, an absolute beatdown of the of the Bears. Yeah, they were up uh, 34 to nil at halftime, Kansas City. They yep. just really dominated Chicago out of the gate, made sure they put it all away. Um, Travis Kelsey gets his TD in front of new girlfriend Taylor Swift in the third <laughs> quarter, and then basically Patrick Mahomes says, I'm out, yo. And uh, Blaine Gabbett comes in, it's Gabbett time to finish out the game where we basically saw all all rushes, some weird stuff going on. I think Andy Reid was picks. just... Yeah, it's two, two picks. picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Andy <laughs> Reid was just basically messing around at that point. Um, oh, they should have gone for seventy, man. They should have gone. Should have. Yeah, as earlier, I mean, they should have just gone. Oh, Dolphins can do it. Why can't we? Uh, but maybe they're not built that way as well. Um, let's talk though. I, let's talk less about the, the Chiefs and, and what's going on there because I feel like we talk about that a lot. And let's talk a little bit more, I guess, about the Chicago Bears and mm. Justin Fields. Oh. Man, John, I think even you would agree here, Justin Fields isn't a bad QB. It's just that the Chicago Bears, for some reason, the coaching staff here are trying to make him into a pocket passer, which everybody yeah. in the league knows he is not. They have taken every bit of run out of his game. He only runs yeah. for 47 yards here, 11 for 47. So 17 yards was his longest, um, which is very unfields like It's not his strength. Passing is not yeah. his strength. He's good at it. He's efficient enough, but it's not his strength. Well, he doesn't have like the O line or receivers over there. Like he, just, he doesn't know. They did. They did. They did basically just give him DJ Moore and Cole Komet. I mean, but... DJ Moore is really the only receiver. He's out there three for forty-one and a touchdown. Really, the Chiefs just put a lot of pressure on him. That O line's real bad. Look, Chase Claypool is your number two wide receiver. Oh, man, you're just absolutely you're just done, man. Like Chase Claypool does not even enjoy football anymore. That that guy should not even be on the team. Let me be honest. Some of the efforts I've seen from Chase Claypool over the first three weeks of the season, that guy shouldn't even be in the league. I'm sorry, man. Like yeah. I, I've seen I've seen like so many bad efforts, such such bad blocking. He's so lazy when he goes to block. He's so lazy catching the football, loses yards, and I don't think boy, he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be in the league for long. To be honest, being he's on the got Bears. to be out of the league after this year or next year if he keeps doing the same shit like that. He calls himself a top three wide receiver in the league. He he actually he actually went out there on a podcast and said he was top three wide. Yeah, receiver but I I could say that too, right. and it's definitely not true. So it's <laughs> well, he's got he's got elite physicality, elite speed. He's got elite blocking. He's just bad at football. That's yeah. what they say. But I don't understand what the hell the Bears are doing, to be honest. What are they doing with Justin uh, Fields? They're just wasting him. Um, he's just being wasted. That that team's just a dumpster fire. Let me be honest. I don't understand uh, how this. I don't understand how this coaching staff is still in employment either. Yeah, and that's the um, thing. I, I blame it on the coaches because, as a coach, it's your. This is not 1982. Okay. You don't have to make the players adapt to your play style. You, as a coach, have to adapt to the players. That's that's yeah. your job. And yeah. they're trying to force a, a you know a square peg in a round hole. And then they're just my my question is, who is the owners going to back? Are they going to back Fields? Or are they going to back the coaches? 
Because unless the coaches have some dramatic come to Jesus moment and change what they're talking about, nothing, you know, then nothing's going to change. They're just going to keep sucking. So I think you got to get personally, I think you got to get rid of the coaches if they're not willing to change and you got to put fields, give him the right environment where he can win some games because he's not this bad. No, he's definitely not. He's not. He's definitely He's not. not. Hey, um, Manjo. Yeah. Speaking of sucking. Oh no! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh no! Oh no! Where are we going here? Where are we the going first, here? Uh, the first two weeks of the season, we saw a Dallas Cowboys outfit that scored seventy oh. points on their opponents. One of those being forty to nil over the New York Giants in Week Best One. Best team in football. Best team in football. <laughs> That's they come up. They come up against. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard too. That's what I heard all over social media. Uh, Sixteen and zero. I heard was going to be the, the score. The record. Seventeen and zero. And they, but somehow Cowboys fans still think it's only sixteen games. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then they come up against the Cardinals team, who the entire league says is tanking. And then the Cardinals somehow put an absolute beat down on the Dallas Cowboys, spooked the hell out of them to the point where they are making mistakes on defense that I don't think we have seen ever from some of these players and end up Cardinals running away 28 to 16 uh, over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Brad, I know uh, you I, I know you haven't watched a lot of football in terms of a lot of minutes of football this one, week. Surely. But holy <laughs> shit, Brad, what what the hell happened? I mean, you have to you have to agree there was a lot of defensive penalties here that were very unlike the guys here. Uh, there was there was a lot of defensive penalties, but at the end of the day, you know, we we go into this season saying we've got to be able to stop the run. We've got to be able to stop the run. So let's draw draft a defensive tackle in the first round. We'll be able to stop the run. We'll shore it up. Um, all of this. The Cowboys, they sucked against the run. Again, yeah. I'm so sick of seeing it. But they gave up a 26-yard run, 44-yard run, 45-yard run. They make Dobbs look like, you know, the the second coming of of uh Steve Young. It's just it just was so <laughs> infuriating. You couldn't have had a more Cowboys game than that one though in terms of I felt like I feel like that is just the Cowboys. We are the best team in the league for 2 weeks. And then we can't even beat the worst team in the league. It just, it was so infuriating. And uh, the play calling was crap. I mean, they, they, uh, everything about it. I I almost put my shoe through the TV. Um, (laughs) Just just because. I mean, Tony Pollard put up 122. Michael Gallup, 92. CeeDee Lamb, 53. Jake Ferguson got in there for 48. I don't, I don't, and yet they still lose. It's just, it's, yeah. it was all on the defense here. That well, and see, and yeah. this is, and this is my thing, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll stop with this before I go too off the deep end oh, here. Keep going, but, keep going. I don't mind. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. We everybody can agree on that. Correct. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Yes. But and and there are some weeks when Dak Prescott looks like the best quarterback. I mean, you know, against Tampa Bay. In the wild card playoff round, the guy was unstoppable. But it's moments like these when he he has to step up. 
He has to carry the team. You get paid money like that. You you're getting paid top tier money. You got to perform top tier. He is not performing top tier when the when the chips are down and when it push comes to shove. He can do it once in a while, but he can't do it consistently. And yeah. the great ones do it consistently. And I'm concerned that he is not going to be able to get you to the promised land. And I, mm. I, I mean, frankly, at this time, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I hate saying that, <laughs> but I would. <laughs> just, uh, so yeah, no. Matt, what was that interception at the end there, Brad? Like, what, what was he throwing to? He's throwing to yeah. two Cardinals defenders. That's yeah. all he was doing. What, what is going on in Dallas, man? Like, they hype up this team. It's like this every year. It's that cowboy cycle meme. Literally, yep. hype up the team after they beat a couple bad teams, and then they go out and they lose the game out of nowhere. Like, what? I know Trayvon Deeds and the O-line was, like, injured as hell. But, mm. look, even then, you still got to beat the – Cardinals, even Trayvon yeah. Diggs out, even the O-line out, you still got the Cardinals. You still can beat them. I mean, on paper, it should have been an easy cakewalk, just like the first two weeks of the season. I really don't understand what was going on there. I was watching like half of this game live, and I was like, is the score correct? Is the score yeah. correct? Am, no. am, I, am I high right now? I don't even understand. Yeah, I, w- uh, I wish uh, I would have been high. It would have been made easier to, to get through the game, but it was... <laughs> I think we're all was, thinking that. Yeah, it was infuriating. All right, well, let's move on from that infuriating game to uh, Steelers versus Raiders, where we saw a Steelers team that, in spite of themselves, managed to come away with a win 23-18 to 18 over the Raiders, who Brad rightfully so said they are definitely the problem in Las Vegas, and it was not Derek Carr. Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game, 28 of 44, 324. Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league, 172 yards and two TDs. But they still somehow seemingly cannot win a game in that shiny, shiny new Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, well, you say Jimmy G had a good game. He had a good he game was, because he I had thought, because he's got Devonte Adams you, you, to you throw did, to. You didn't. You did not. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Adams carrying him, and you did not add that he had three interceptions there. No, was, I didn't. Look, yes, I should have said that Jimmy, too. Jimmy G was the reason they lost. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to say it. Look, that team was was competitive for most of the game, but these sort of boneheaded plays by Jimmy. He, when when Adams was covered. When they took away his first read to Adams, he just throws like a statue and just threw it up there and threw a prayer to someone. And then it just gets picked off by the safety. And it's like, man, like some of these mistakes by Jimmy Garoppolo were real bad. The only good time he was, the only time he was good was like the first quarter and the last quarter. The middle of the game, he absolutely stunk and just gifted it to Steelers. Like, there's no way they're coming back after how he just pretty much handed the game to them on a silver platter. Let me just be honest. Jimmy G is not really that good of a QB. He was carried by the 49ers. He was carried by that team. It took me years to realize this, too. I will be honest. I was a Jimmy Trufa up until about 2021. Look, I've seen this guy cost us playoff games. He's cost us Super Bowl. He's going he's gonna to cost the Raiders games. He just shown it just then. He just cost the Raiders the game against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Let me be honest. With these sort of numbers, they shouldn't have lost, really. When you look at just the score sheets, at just the stat sheets and, and the numbers, you shouldn't lose. But especially with Kenny Pickett 
playing the way he is, which is I just don't understand this mm. Steelers team so amazing in preseason, and then like such great numbers, such great fluidity between the entire team, and they come out in the actual season and they just play like trash. Somehow they're two and one, and that's like I said, in it, in spite of themselves, it is the defense, but it is in spite of themselves because the offense can't really get anything proper going, and it's only because. I guess they come up against teams like or, or other teams like the, the Raiders and then Jimmy throwing interceptions that and then four sacks that they managed to get scores out of all of that carnage. So I, I don't understand this team. I don't understand either team, to be honest. Right. Isn't it just old school football at the Steelers, you know? Uh, yeah. Despite the lack of a run game, you know, it's really defense carrying. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Their their run defense is legit. Um, the Steelers and and that's what they're gonna. That's what Mike Tom's all Tomlin's all about. He's gonna yep. punch you in the mouth. And if you're Vegas and you just you're just trying you're slap fighting and you know as opposed to this guy who's here throwing haymakers and and it's just it doesn't work. So Pittsburgh played Pittsburgh ball and and Vegas played like a bunch of pansies. So. Yeah. Uh, three weeks in, let's uh just check in on TJ Watts. Six sacks for the season so yes, far. Sir. So here we go. Just want to say, boys, I can't believe you let him slip to me at pick six in that. Oh, best shut game. up. That was one of the best steals of that entire entire process. I just six, could not believe it. Six sacks. Yes. He two per two per game. He is definitely on target to break that all time sack record. Uh Monday night football. We've got two games left. Let's get through them. Let's go with the most boring game of the week. Uh, Philly versus Tampa. I thought it was going to possibly be a semi-good game. I did think that my boy Baker Mayfield was really going to get shown up in this game to be exactly what he is, which is a mediocre quarterback leading a what is an aging and mediocre team, which is exactly what happened. When the Eagles ran away, twenty-five to eleven winners over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Eagles still aren't all the way back, though. This isn't the best version of the Eagles we have seen uh, in the last couple of seasons. I think that they've still got a long way to go, and I think that's a scary prospect for the NFC still. Well, yeah. How could the bus even compete with them? Look, Baker. I mean. I'm not going to go too hard on him because it was against the Eagles. He's had a good start to the season, but he really came back down to earth. It just felt like that Baker Mayfield cycle me, unfortunately. He just came back down to earth. Um, He really did crash against a good Eagles team. Like that too, Eagles too, team slow on reads was, too slow on reads was the biggest thing out of this game. Yeah, that, the entire offense for the Bucs only got 174 yards. That's how bad they were. Eagles had both 200 passing and 200 rushing yards so they they were like just absolutely outgained like almost four to one in, in this entire game like they just got absolutely killed um Jalen Hurts got in a couple sneaks you know here and there just uh doing his old tush push just getting in there once again just um yeah he didn't really have too good of a game with two interceptions so Hurts but you know, it's enough to get the job done. And hey, look, second scoregami of the week. I can't be I can't be too mad when this scoregami, even though it's a bad game. I if if I'm Tampa Bay, 
how long do I wait before I trade Mike Evans? Because really, because mm. are they just going to let him walk in free agency uh, at the end of this? At the end uh, of this, I wouldn't. I would try and get something for him. Even if exactly, it's, even if second, third rounders, like you know, maybe yeah. a, a, yeah. a, maybe a, something. Something. Yeah, I would get something for him. I, did, I would love I, to see him. I would love to see him on Dallas. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see to see him on Dallas. And you know, and so okay. it's just it, they they're not a contending team. Get something for him, otherwise this season is just a waste. And it's not like you're trying to develop Baker Mayfield. You know, you know who he is, so you don't. You're not trying to protect your your budding quarterback. So yeah, um, I just I just that's silly. In my opinion, I honestly think the same with uh, Chris Godwin as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you just get something for both of them. You've got Rashad White. You, you've got Rashad White there for a few more years on a on a rookie uh, deal, and mm-hmm. you've got some other rookies back there behind him, so you can function as a as a team, even if you keep Baker for another season if you have to, and develop a a QB. But you have to have some kind of succession plan, and I think it needs to. Start with getting whatever capital you can out of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Last game for the week. We got there. We got there. We got there. Uh, the Rams finally listen to you. You're the one that talks no, I, more than I do. Don't start shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, I just thought, you know, finally, uh, after a couple bad games, we'll get on to a good game. So, yeah. a decent game. We Not do actually. Yeah. We'll finish on a high with the Rams versus the Bengals. Where the Bengals came away in what should have been a thriller, kind of was nineteen to sixteen. The Rams really coming back in the fourth quarter, made probably a few errors on in timing and judgment in terms of play calling that could have been a, a lot better and give yourself a lot more time on the clock uh, to sort of really push this team or push the Bengals to to make some plays at the end. But it wasn't uh, wasn't all bad, and thankfully the Bengals came away with a win at home. Their first win of the season. So, oh, real question is: Are the Bengals back? Are they back? That is a real question. Um, I actually did poll a few of the Instagram you did, viewers. You did actually, yeah. yes, I remember that. Um, so thirteen percent said yes, they are back. Thirty-seven percent said no, and fifty percent said um said that they should. Uh, they need to show a bit more. This is a poll of 52 people. Um, so pretty good turnout on the polls this week, actually. Got about 50 responses each to some of them. Um, so, look, Bengals, I think, yeah, you've really got to see a bit more. I do agree with the followers there, 100%. Got to see a bit more before we say they're back. But, you know, Joe Burrow, he still still looks like the injury still affecting him. Mm. Um, but seeing Jamar Chase's numbers, 12 catches, 141 yards, pretty good there. Mixon got the touchdown for them, and yeah, that's really what what really set them up to win in that fourth quarter. Just that one touchdown in the third quarter, they just rode it out in the fourth. Allowed a touchdown in the last drive, but yeah, it it was it was getting close on that last drive, but then they just recovered the onside kick and won the game pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Like you summed that up perfectly, mate. Um. I was one of those fifty percent, by the way. I need to see more out, more out of those. I Bengals. was also one of the fifty percent. Yeah. yeah, I need to see more out of the Bengals. I am not convinced that they're all the way back yet. The Rams, I'm impressed with how well they're doing. So that's been a great thing. Yeah. All right, that's week three, boys. 
let's uh, quickly move on to week four, TNF preview. The Detroit Lions go to Green Bay to face the Packers at home in an NFC North showdown. This game will actually decide the outright leader for the NFC North at the moment. So big stakes on here. I think uh, I think that at the right now, they're two of the better teams in the NFC North, or you can say that. The Bears definitely aren't anywhere near it. The Vikings obviously are at 0-3. and three. They are still a decent team, just losing by small margins in games due to stupid mistakes. It's going to be a really interesting game. I think it could even be one of the games of the week if it goes the right way at Lambeau. Yeah, I mean, how that ended last season, the last game of the entire regular season between these two teams and the Lions knocking out the Packers, ending the Aaron Rodgers era on the absolute best note that Lions fans and the entire NFC North wanted to see. Well, that rung in their success, his successor, Jordan Love. And Jordan Love has been really impressive the first couple of weeks of the season. So is Jared Goff and the Lions. I think we're in for a big heavyweight fight, Brad. I'm I'm stoked for it. You know, Dan Campbell's three and one against the Packers. Um, apparently, they're in their last three meetings have been decided by a combined total of sixteen points. Well, that's that's a pretty telling stat. So, uh, statistically speaking, we're we're in for another really close game. Um, both Love and Goff have have only been sacked three times each this season so only once on average once a game so it'll be interesting Penny Sewell for the Lions he had a he had a probably his worst game or one of his worst games uh, as a pro last week so it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back my hunch is he will um but I think either way this is going to be a great game it, the spread on it is only one and a half uh you know if it so I could see people going either way um for it the the fact that it's at green bay i think could possibly mean something but it's a i think it's one of those pick em games and it should be fun to watch yeah definitely a few injuries both sides as well uh for the packers aaron jones and chris watson are both expected to be back for this game after missing the last couple Bakhtiari, unfortunately looks like he'll still be out packers will also be missing devondre campbell and elton jenkins which is a, a big loss for them. The Lions look like at the moment, or Mosley looks like he's questionable, so he might be a bit more of a game-time decision. They'll be without Matt Nelson and Vitae as well. So they're big losses for them. Montgomery's uh, questionable as well for the Lions after missing last week. Yeah. So big big potential addition to their run game there. Um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, I think, just across the board. There, Ian, when you ring out the in- injury reports, the Packers getting a couple key skill position guys back. They won despite those losses last week of both of those players, Jones and Watson. So I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be, I'm going to be excited, honestly, to see this game. I think it's going to be real close. I'm just going to edge it to the Packers because of the home field advantage, though. I think I'm just going with them because I just think getting those guys back, Jordan Love has really looked good. I think the Lions secondary is a bit hit and miss 
think Jordan Love may be able to get uh, some passing games going and then Jones on the ground coming back would be would be a huge addition. I think that will be massive for them. I think they'll get the job done. Brad, what, what's your pick for this one? Well, you know, because because it's at the Packers, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Packers, but it's again, it's just by a bee's dick. So mm. um, I, I think it's gonna be really a close one. I'm actually going the Lions for this one. I don't think it matters to me that it's at Lambeau. I think it matters more the the roll on that the, the Lions have had right now. Even okay. in a lot, even in a loss, they played really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they're playing a little bit better than the Packers, just a tick up than the Packers are at the moment. The Packers yeah. have been hit with those injuries. The so guys have been in and out of the squad, not been able to practice. Of course, Aaron Jones doesn't rarely practices anyway. Uh, Bakhtiari certainly doesn't ever when he's healthy. But those guys that are coming in and out, and I think that affects it, especially affects around Jordan Love and the way he can get settled in amongst his guys. Um, so I just don't know. I think it's just the Lions for me at the moment have got a bit of a roll on, and I would expect them to uh, to sort of eke out a win here. And I think that they'll go in there pumped up at Lambeau to win at Lambeau as well. So yeah. I, I still think it'll be yeah. close, and I still think it's going to be close, probably within three. So, yeah, I'm, but I'm going Lions. Yeah, I think my pick will be a game-time decision, to be honest. Like, just how I feel at game time. So, I can really change. At the moment, I feel like it's the Packers only, Joss. But I think hearing some of the reasons you said, Ian, um, might have to change the alliance at, <laughs> at game time if I feel. I'm just going to see what the injury report says when I wake up uh, for the game. Just really see what it is and just be like, yeah, all right. If Aaron Jones and Christian Watson out, then I'll lean to the Lions. If they're, if they're in, then... um. I'll think about it a bit more. But, yeah, it's really about injuries. If David Montgomery's in for the Lions, I think I'd lean Lions as well. So it's really about the injury report, I think, for this game for yeah, me. Fair enough. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, make sure you get all across our socials uh, during TNF. We'd love to hear from you during it and after it and everything around it. Uh, at G'day Gridiron, Facebook, Instagram, Manjot will definitely be posting around TNF on at Pastry Press NFL. Of course, the Aussie NFL Fantasy Boys will have their weekly episodes out by the time you are hearing this as well, at least the first one, so you can catch them on the same feed you are listening to this on, as well as uh, check them out at Aussie NFL Fantasy on Instagram. Righto, that's it for now, boys. We'll catch everybody at the preview show. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty, 